This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Black Friday shopping coming in waves. There are those people who are out there at the crack of dawn ready to go, but there are also those people who wait until the stores have been open a couple of hours to avoid the crush. Still, it's a very important time for retailers and for the malls as well. Jill Renslow is the Senior Vice President of Business Development and Marketing for the Mall of America in Minnesota, who joins us right now. So how busy is it, Jill, right now there at, I guess, about 10 a.m. Central Time? Yes, good morning. We are having a fabulous start to the Black Friday kickoff. We had thousands of people outside our doors at 5 a.m. this morning. Actually, they started lining up yesterday afternoon. So they were bolding the Minnesota winter and hanging out and getting ready for our opening. And the momentum's building, so we're looking forward to a fabulous Black Friday. And, and the weather hasn't exactly been friendly the last few days there in Minnesota, I heard. We're hardy here in Minnesota, and what's great is you get a little bit of snowfall and gets people kicked into the holiday festivities. So what is the, the, the state of, of the Mall of America, but also of the mall industry, do you think, right now? Because that's a big question at, at this point, uh, obviously with the impact from e-commerce. Yeah, you know, Mall is in our name as Mall of America, but we are so much more than that. I mean, shopping with having 520 stores in our property is is a core, but we also have the entertainment, the dining and attractions, and that mix of developing an experience and delivering that to our guests is really what's important and how we're able to buckle out of the trends because there is a lot of change happening in the retail industry. But with our mix, we're able to really bring that experience forward. And when ch- change provides this opportunity to bring new brands in the building, and we've done just that. And retailers are becoming very innovative and bringing new experiences to the table, which we appreciate, and it really helps evolve the overall retail experience. So you just brought up the interesting word, experience. And and I guess you at Mall of America, and like a lot of malls right now, are looking to, to add the experience factor so that can be an, a kind of an extra draw for the consumer. Absolutely. It's a testament to what's happening today. I mean, we had, like I said, thousands of people line up, and we actually have a scratch-off promotion where we give 8,000 prizes away over the weekend. That's over $200,000 worth of prizes, and people are lined up for that specifically. Granted, they're still here to take advantage of the deals, but people are here for the tradition. And we talk with people throughout the morning, and they're from places across the country. They come here specifically for their Black Friday tradition, and we love that. It's it's about you know spending those memories together with family and friends and coming back year after year. So the, the rumors that Black Friday is dead is definitely not happening here. We're thriving, and it's exciting to see people spending money. There's lots of shopping bags taking place um, and a lot of deals throughout a lot of the retailers across all the different categories. What is that relationship? Relationship like with the, with the different stores and the different companies that uh, that make up the mall in terms of that determination of, of when to open because that's that's seemingly a question I think that that a lot of retailers are dealing with right now. Yeah, actually, four years ago we made the decision to stay closed on Thanksgiving. Our entire building, we have 13,000 employees, and it was important for us to give that day back to those employees to make sure they were spending it with family and friends because we were experiencing that creep, and it kept getting earlier and earlier into Thanksgiving, and we just put a stop to it, and we said, you know what, we're going to focus our energy on Black Friday. And so all of our retailers, um, aside from Macy's, because they do have an exterior entrance, Macy's does open a little earlier, but the the large mass of retailers that we have wait till 5 a.m. on Black Friday. But this year was probably a little bit different in the uh, in 
in the aspect that Thanksgiving is so late this year, you're almost into the month of December at this point, and, and it seemed like retailers had more of a feel like, okay, we're going to take the mindset that that Black Friday is a week earlier. We saw, I felt like a lot more deals coming earlier in the cycle. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we are six days fewer between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and retailers really had to strategize of how they were going to get the shoppers out earlier. And we saw discounts happening early in November, but I saw a lot more of the black, like the pre-Black Friday sale signage out than we've had in the past. They really wanted to get shoppers out there motivated to get their holiday shopping started because as we turn the calendar this weekend, it's December, and so we don't want people to freak out and have to, you know, get their shopping going. They've they've started early, and there's a good momentum. And we look back historically on sales figures when we do have a later Thanksgiving, and it really doesn't change the sales. It just distributes the the actual purchasing power throughout the season a little so, bit differently. So how do you gauge then what the pattern for foot traffic could be over these next three weeks? Obviously, I think Black Friday may be, you know, something uh, out amongst itself because it's it, it's so ingrained in the consumer. But I think the question is, okay, you got Black Friday. Let's see what we're going to see over the next four weeks. How do you gauge that and those numbers? Well, we have 27 years of history for Mall of America, and we have a track record that we can really look at different trends. And as we look at the the Black Friday numbers, it really sets the mark as far as of what we can expect as we move forward. Granted, online shopping has definitely shifted some of that shopping behavior, so we take that into account. But you look at the Saturdays, especially as you head into Christmas, are all very strong and comparable to Black Friday, as well as the week between Christmas and New Year's. That week, kids don't have school. And we see a a strong trend when kids don't have school, they are out here, because not only do we have the shopping, like I said, we have the attractions, so people come out and really have a fun time with their families and have that experience here at the mall. We're joined by uh, Jill Renslow of the Mall of America. We're getting an update on what's going on there and kind of getting a sense of what's going on in uh, in malls across the United States. Obviously, the unique thing about Mall of America is that little roller coaster that kind of run, <laughs> runs through the, the mall. Not, uh, you know, that's that's kind of unique. And, and how much, though, that obviously has been a centerpiece for what the mall has had, but how much of a, a connection is that still to this day? Oh, it's so important. So it is one of our anchors. We have a seven-acre theme park right in the middle of Mall of America, Nickelodeon Universe. And what's great is as you look at how anchors have shifted over the years, we do have traditional anchor stores here. But looking at our attractions or our dining destinations, it really shifts the user experience throughout the property. And what's great is we have over a dozen attractions. And so not only with Nick Universe, but we have Sea Life, we have Crayola, we have some new augmented reality attractions like The Void, which is great. And, you know, that gift of experience, even this time of year, is so unique for us to be able to offer our guests. And so you can package up, you know, something small attached to a gift card that's for an attraction. That's something that they can have and enjoy throughout the entire year. We're joined by Jill Renslow of Mall of America talking about uh, the experience here on on Black Friday. Uh, With the success that malls see during the month of December and and leading up to that, what does that also mean then for the first quarter of 2020? And, And again, this is maybe a little bit of a historical question. Can you get a gauge as to what the expectation should be for the next three months as well and maybe even the next six months out? Absolutely. I mean, as we go into the holiday season, you see a lot of retailers quickly getting construction completed to get their doors open. So this year alone, we had 25 new retailers and a lot of retail that was new to this marketplace, which is exciting for us and to bring the local shoppers as well as we have a lot of tourists that come to Mall of America with 40 million visitors a year is a good mix. 
So as they open their doors for the holidays, they really transcend to the new year. So as we look to 2020, we have a, a great new mashup of retail and we have more to come. But they really play off the momentum from the holiday season. And we actually create a lot of experiences that, that connect those, um, those components. So for example, we build an ice rink. And yes, it might not sound super unique in Minnesota because it is cold, but we create our own little Rockefeller Center right at our north entrance. And we had 26,000 people come skate with us last winter. And so that will actually get started in two weeks while the ice rink, and that'll go through the early February. So that's a great item that will help people come and invite them to spend the winter months with us even beyond the holiday season. Plus, it's a great time to cash in your gift cards. Um, a lot of people like to come and be able to have experiences with those holiday gifts that they get in December and enjoy them in January and beyond. Yeah, and going back to something you said a moment ago, it, it is interesting that, well, my daughter is traveling this week uh, this weekend uh, with her uh, brother and sister up in New Hampshire, and she mentioned to me about going potentially Black Friday shopping at the mall up there. So the the, the people that are traveling is probably a bigger segment than than I think we probably give it give it credit for. Yeah, we actually have two connected hotels. So we have a JW Marriott and a Radisson Blue. So we have over 840 hotel rooms connected. So not only for the travelers that are coming from longer distances, but we actually have a lot of locals that will do staycations. And they have it as a tradition where they'll stay at the hotels, they'll shop, they'll dine, and be able to relax in their hotel rooms. But even within just the close proximity to Mall of America, we have 40 hotels that um, accommodate about 10,000 hotel rooms. Plus, we're across the street from the International Airport, so very convenient to fly in into Minnesota here in Minneapolis-St. Paul and come shop with us. I, I was just reminded of the fact that uh, two years ago, not only was it the holiday season that you guys did very well on, but you, you were pretty busy around the Super Bowl time two years ago when uh, the Eagles ended up beating the Patriots. That was a, a, a big destination as well during that time. Yeah, we had a double whammy that year as far as going from holidays straight into Super Bowl. And unfortunately, our Minnesota Vikings weren't in the playoffs, but we did have fun with the Patriots and the Eagles fans because actually the two teams stayed in our two hotels. So we had a lot of excitement. We had media, the media center and radio row here at Mall of America. So we had thousands of fans and players and Hall of Famers here. A lot of excitement. So it was fun for football fans and really was a stellar year for us here in Minnesota. What is the what is the turnover rate like for a, a, a mall like yours, which obviously has so many uh, different elements to it in terms of businesses coming and going? Obviously, you want to try and uh, develop relationships with, uh, with with outlets that uh, that are very good and, and stay there for as long as possible. But that is, I guess, it's it's one of the pieces to this puzzle that is still, you know, a very much a, a, a big question right there is is the turnover rate of of stores deciding to pull out of a mall. Yeah, turnover is pretty low here, and we really we're very strategic in who we bring into the mall. So as far as when there is change, and obviously we're impacted by the national closures, um, but for the most part, we get a lot of the flagships and the top performers in portfolios for our retailers that are here. And so when we have that opportunity to backfill or bring in new retailers, um, you know, we're really strategic in making sure we have the right co-tenancy. We really focus on first-to-market tenants because we have over a hundred first-to-market tenants in this building. And again, helps that local shopper look find something new and exciting, um, but just keeps the building fresh. We want to make sure that every time people come back, there's that sense of discovery so that they really can find something new and exciting every time they visit us. So when there is a potential of bringing in a new company, I would think that the, that they understand with, with Mall of America and the history that you have, it's a pretty strong place that you want to be in, and you guys would probably be very, very low on the chain if, if, uh, if they were thinking about cutting back stores. Correct, correct. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of retailers right size their 
footprint right now. So you are seeing some that are going to go a little bit smaller and do more of a showroom type of impact. And that's where you're finding more of an omni-channel experience where they might have a showroom, they might have limited inventory, but they're allowing you to shop online and get it delivered to your store, but they're not forgetting about that physical tactile experience. And then on the flip hand, you're also having stores that are increasing in size. We just opened a brand new Lululemon experiential store. They went from 5,000 square feet to nearly 20,000 square feet. So they kept their retail footprint, but they increased it with um, a fitness studio as well as a fuel-up bar and a meditation room, really looking at what that future of retail looks like so that you can create that brand element, that duration of stay is longer in the store, um, and it, it's fantastic. We also have Apple just increase their footprint as well as our H&M store. So they're all right-sizing right now, and it's really just finding that right mix, making sure they have the right co-tenancy to have success across the board. I got to go back to something you said a moment ago, the fact that people do staycations at the hotels and, and will spend time at the mall. I find that an inc- incredible piece to this, That uh, and I wonder how often you see that actually occur. Oh, we see it all the time. And what's great is our hotels offer bag service for the guests that stay at their hotels. So they can go shop, they can load up, they can call their bill service, and they'll actually come get their packages from them and bring them back to their rooms. Our valet service service does that as well. makes it really convenient. But, I mean, imagine getting the chance to just go and enjoy a getaway with your family, even if you're close to home, and being able to just relax and take the stress away from the holidays. And, and really, the tradition of it is fantastic, and we hear it all the time that people have added that now to their holiday tradition. And it just makes us happy knowing that we can create that for our guests here at the mall. What's that relationship like with, with you and the stores that you have uh, in Mall of America in terms of the marketing aspect? Obviously, to a degree, you are marketing the mall and all the different experiences, whereas the stores are marketing their individual uh, products. But there has to be some crossover there, I would think. It's really important to collaborate. So especially as stores are open and we onboard them into this marketplace, educating them on what works or what doesn't or what we've, what's been a good practice in the past um, and as we make those adjustments into the future. But we pride ourselves on the relationships that we have with our tenants because it's very unique versus other properties. And we, work, we do have a dedicated marketing team that includes communication and tourism and social media and digital. And we really bring that expertise to the table to help those tenants get launched, get started the market. And then we, you know, fold them into a lot of our seasonal campaigns and promotions that we're doing, as well as supporting them independently that they can connect with their direct customers. So it's really important for us to work closely, especially as we head into the holiday season. We can't do this alone. We have to work as a team to make sure that we're reaching out to the customers. We're offering great value to incentivize them to come spend their holidays with us. So then how much then is there a collaboration effect between your mall and other malls. And, and I ask that because th- there's a, t- a degree to this where you want to be successful than the mall that may be 50 miles down the road. But to the same degree, I would think that it, it, it's kind of an all-in philosophy that you want every mall to do well, correct? Most definitely. It's really important for us as a marketplace to have strong retail. And we want to make sure, especially being in the Midwest, Um, A lot of the retail brands will look first at the coast as they're looking to expand their brand footprint. So when we can lure those those brands to the Midwest, to Minnesota, we're a thriving market here in Minneapolis and St. Paul. It's kind of the hidden gem across the U.S. But when we can get those brands here, 
we support our competition in this marketplace because we we look at you know all boats rise together. And as you gave the example of the Super Bowl, we collectively as a community really celebrated that, and it's really special when people can come here and feel that energy and the collective support across all of our destinations, whether you're at the airport or at the hotels or at the shopping centers. We want to make sure we have that consistency and we can share that Minnesota pride. So when you look at shopping, we support um, you know those brands that come into the marketplace, whether they come to Mall of America or not. But granted, we would love for them to be here, but we'll support wherever they come in the market. How much do you do, the mall, in terms of offering potential deals to bring consumers in? And it's not just the store itself offering a 30% off of, of some item. How much does the Mall of America do in that perspective? We leverage our attractions to a certain point because we own and operate Nickelodeon Universe. So we're able to give more discounts around the attractions to then drive traffic to the retailers. For instance, we have a promotion that runs through the holiday season where for every $250 you spend, you scan in your receipts and then you're rewarded with attraction passes either from Nick Universe from Sea Life, from Crayola, or our movie theater, CMX. And so that then allows our guests to come back in first quarter to then cash in those attraction rewards. So it helps leverage our attractions to drive traffic to the retailers. But for the most part, you know, we have so many different things that we offer beyond sales and discounts. Granted, we know that that's a great trigger for consumers to come shopping, but we also have 400 different events that we host free every single year. So we have common areas throughout the mall. So that's everything from celebrity book signings and performances to beauty blogger appearances. We just had Jeffree Star here um, and Shane Dawson a couple weeks ago for our Morphe store. And we had about 8,000 people and fans that were here to see them. So that's just a general traffic driver. And that wasn't discount generated. That was all about an event. We also do a lot with our community partners and our charity organizations to really create that loyalty within the, the local community to support as fundraisers and um, awareness campaigns for those um, partners. And it really just is doing the right thing across the board and leveraging our, our property to drive the traffic for our tenants. So does Jill Renslow do a couple of hours of mall shopping when you get done this busy day or, or are you so busy today you need a little, need a little break as well? Most definitely, but I do have to go home and get my daughter first because she wanted to make sure that she could come shopping with me. Of, so I need to do a quick pick, pit stop to get her, and then we'll come back. Of course you do, and I'm the same <laughs> way with my three kids. Jill, all the best to you guys up there in Minnesota. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Happy holidays. Yeah, you too. Jill Renslow at the Mall of America. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.